Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Mike Swinson, who is the founder and CEO of Elite Advantage Team and host of the Real Freedom podcast. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course, man. Thanks for coming on. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about what you like to do for fun and kind of just about yourself, your story, that'd be great. Yeah. So, um, you know, r- right now um, I work uh, for a real estate team and, uh, you know, we help people with investing in real estate. So real estate investors, uh, I'm out of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, we also work with out-of-state real estate investors. And in addition to that, I help real estate agents um, and other people that want to get started with investing to kind of overcome those initial hurdles. And so I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more, but what I'm really passionate about is helping people um, to invest in real estate. And so um, I kind of tell people that's that's my journey that I'm pursuing myself too. And so a lot of times, you know, the people that I come across like to uh, you know, they have their day job and then kind of what they're doing on the side, their side hustle is investing in real estate. And the goal is to invest in real estate, to be able to build up passive income, to be able to build up wealth so they could either eventually retire from their day job um, or, you know, have the freedom to be able to choose that. And so um, what I tell people is I kind of get to live my day job and my night job as the same thing because I'm helping investors by day. And then by night, I'm investing myself. And so I get to kind of double dip and lift, live in both lanes. And so that was a, an intentional decision that I'm sure we'll dig into deeper. Um, before that, um, I worked on the admin side of a real estate team, a residential real estate team for six years. Um, prior to that, I worked for a nonprofit uh, for 10 years in finance and operations. And uh, uh, before that, uh, went went to college uh, for entrepreneurship and finance and considered getting into real estate then, uh, but decided not to. So that's kind of my backstory there. Um, I have uh, a wife. I've been married since 2005. Um, and then I have three sons, uh, currently 11, 9, and 5. Um, and so, you know, what does life look like for me right now? It's every night doing something with the kids. It's football, it's baseball, um, it's soccer, um, all activities in between. I get to coach um, one of my son's baseball teams. Um, and so we love to to spend time as a family, um, uh, big sports fans. Um, so for those of you that uh, um, can, can see the video behind me, I love sports, I'm collecting sports memorabilia, going to sporting events, all that sort of stuff. So I've been doing that for a long, long time. I gotcha. I gotcha. And um, you said you had three kids, right? Yep. All boys. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. And they're at that like, it's kind of the busiest it's going to be age where they're all in little league sports. And <laughs> they're also yeah. not, um, they're not to the point where they don't like you, but they're to the point where they're like, they still need to be managed, but they're kind of independent. And it's just this weird limbo, limbo stage. Yeah, yeah. Just to give a good example, like on a on a Sunday here, you know, let this this past Sunday was the last week that they did flag football. So my five and my nine year old are on flag football. So, you know, they've got 
an hour of practice before. Usually the way that it works is uh, kind of depends on the schedule, the the timing of it, but usually one kid will have a game and then the next hour, the other kid will have a game. So we're there for at least three hours. Um, go grab lunch at about two to 3 PM. Um, and then uh, my nine-year-old's got baseball from four to six, not every Sunday, but this past Sunday. And then I actually play in a, a softball league, a church softball league. And my games were at eight and nine o'clock, you know, so pretty much from 11 or noon to 10 PM, it's just one sport, one sport, one sport, you grab food in between, and then you're done. Now, fortunately, um, Flag football is done now, so we've we've picked up a little bit of extra time. But that's that's the life on a Sunday when most people are relaxing. We're kind of eleven to ten p.m. It's just go 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 go, and so um, that's that's just the season of life of where we're at. But it's fun. Yeah, man. My Sunday is after like one p.m. I'm like on a in a coma on the couch, basically. Like I am <laughs> chilling. Maybe I'll do some like work stuff, some podcast stuff, or real estate stuff. I, I love real estate actually. Um, but yeah, man, I, I applaud you <laughs> because <laughs> the, the 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. I would just be out. I don't know how I'm going to have, I want a lot of kids, but like that part is going to wear me down for sure. Um, yeah. but cool, and man. you don't have, you don't have a choice. I mean, it's, you know, I, well, I, I was sick, uh, sick on Saturday, um, which I don't get sick that often. Uh, I, I kind of escaped winter, you you know, for the most of winter, two to three months between the my three kids and my wife, they would pass around a sickness to each other. And on any given week, it was one or two kids, you know, would be sick one yeah. day, sick another day. And I escaped most of it. And so I came out of the winter pretty unscathed and then it hit me. And so I ended up sleeping until 2 p.m., on Saturday because I, I knew Sunday was coming up and I needed to rest as much as possible. And so I felt better, did Sunday. And then Monday, you know, I think I overdid it because I didn't really have a choice. And then I had to sleep in and, and try to get healthy again on Monday because I think I just got hit by a ton of bricks. So yeah, that's it's life with three kids. But, um, you know, people say that it's tough and challenging, but at the same time, it's rewarding, which I oh, feel yeah. the same way. I'm really excited for that. I call like the golden years where the kids are like young adults and you're kind of living life together. And if you had a positive 18 years while they were in the home, you know, some families don't, that's, that's, that is what that is. But if you did, um, man, when your kids are adults, like the young adults and you get to kind of live in adulthood together before your body starts to break down, like that is exciting. <laughs> that's an exciting time in my head. Um, yeah. That is what. It, okay, cool, man. Well, let's get into uh, let's get into your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Yeah, so I I think for me it's you know number one the way that I've kind of designed my work life is to be able to spend time with family. Um, you know, I know even when I was you know younger, right out of college, um, just starting our family, it was an intentional decision to try to work in a job where I didn't have to travel much. You know, a lot of my friends, a lot of my, um, you know, other people that I I knew, um, you know, colleagues from college and stuff, they took jobs where, you know, hey, I'm, I'm newly, you know, newly graduated, I can travel all over the place. And they might have had spouses, they might have had kids. Um, but for me, it was very intentional to try to choose a job where I could stay home um, as much as possible. Number one, because I wanted to spend time with my wife. And number two, I wanted to spend time with my kids. And so, you know, I, I worked in a nonprofit that I didn't make a lot of money, but at the same time, I had 
the ability to be home, be with my kids. And I, and I traveled a little bit, you know, a couple times throughout the year, but it wasn't, you know, a lot of times, you know, people in sales roles, it might be one, two, three nights a week, you know, something like that. It was maybe two, two weeks out of the year um, that I would have to travel for things. And so that was very intentional, kind of getting back to my motivation, which really is my family. Um, getting into real estate, I saw this as a new opportunity to um, gain some more experience, to be able to to learn more, you know, kind of on the job training of how to do more with investing. I did invest um, in real estate a little bit um, when I worked for my nonprofit. But then the nice thing about real estate is, you know, people, residential real estate, they're they're, you know, choosing to live around you. And so you don't have to travel. You know, the only travel that I did for that was for work conferences, you know, with our brokerage or whatever that might be. And so that was all by choice. And then now I, I launched my own team back in 2020. And now I get to choose, you know, choose what I do. And so I work from home, which has been great. Um, you know, that uh, launching my team, actually, it was kind of six months in process of how this all kind of rolled out. But um, what ended up happening is my first day um, launching my team was actually the first day of COVID shutdowns. <laughs> so, you know, I was my own boss the first day of COVID shutdowns. So I, you know, I guess had the decision to, I could choose whatever I wanted to do. And we kind of, in that, in that case had to stay at home. Um, but I've enjoyed over the last three years, you know, working from home, you know, after we get done with, with recording this, I'm going to go upstairs and see my kids and, um, you know, be able to spend a little bit of time with them. And, um, now it's summer vacation and so they're off. And so I get to choose, you know, Hey, I get done with podcast recordings myself. I get done with work calls. I can go up and say, hi, see how things are going. I can hop outside, spend time with them for a little bit. Um, but I've designed my work life around that. And so getting back to my motivation, it really is to be able to be a, a husband that's around, be able to be a dad that's around uh, for my kids. And then what I'm choosing to do with my time, like I said, is double dip, um, helping people invest in real estate and then working to invest in real estate myself so that I do have time and financial freedom, which is really um, you know, the focus of my Real Freedom podcast. It's you know, real R-E-L stands for real estate leveraged freedom. Um, and so I interview people building time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. And so um, once again, it's kind of double dipping. I get to do a do a show where I'm interviewing, hearing their experiences, hearing how they're building time and financial freedom through real estate. And at the same time, I'm taking notes, you know, being able to, um, you know, take their best practices, learn from them. So it's, you know, on the job training as well as being able to do my podcast. So I feel like um, my motivation is, you know, family and kids, um, wife having great relationships with them that are going to last um, into the future after the, you know, the kids get out of the house wanting to be the dad that, you know, they want to hang around and spend time with and same with my wife, um, you know, not wanting to wake up when they're, you know, all of them are graduated and feel like I don't know her, you know, and so, um, so my job choices and what I've chosen to do in my job is very intentional um, to be able to build the life that I want to live while at the same time being able to do it with my family. Yeah. I love that. Well, tell us about your dreams and goals, man. What's your vision for your company, vision for how many people you're looking to help and just your life? Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a few different, um, few different spots kind of along the way there. Um, you know, number one is, is, is helping other people. And so I'm passionate about helping investors you know, I tell people I'm a, a real estate investor matchmaker. So, you know, everybody that wants to in invest in real estate has different goals, has different strategies, have different 
um, you know, passions in terms of what they want these properties to accomplish. And so I tell them, you know, you tell me what you want to get out of real estate investing, and then I'll go find properties that are a fit for you. And so it's for me, it's about finding a fit. And it's kind of interesting, you know, I didn't understand it until I did it more. Um, I can put the same property in front of two people. One will absolutely love it and one won't love it. And it kind of hits the numbers that they want to hit. Well, it comes down to, you know, just like, you know, me choosing to love, you know, let's say, a you know, basketball over hockey. It's a preference thing. Right. And so even though, you know, on paper, because we run financial calculations for for real estate properties, you know, here's the estimated rents, here's the expenses and all that. People just get excited about some properties and they get less excited about other properties. So it's about finding a fit for people. So I really want to help people in that regard. Um, in terms of real estate agents, you know, why I started my Real Freedom podcast and now I've launched a, a membership community for real estate agents to help them invest in real estate is I understand there's so many barriers that people have put in place about why I can't invest in real estate. And so my goal is I really want to help hold their hand through that process and give them confidence that, yes, you can do it. You know, for example, 99% of people, if I ask, you know, about investing in real estate, the number one thing they would say is, well, I don't have the money. Okay, well, what if you did have the money? You know, let's figure out how we can do that for you. You know, and so trying to open up people's eyes that I don't need to just have this pile of cash sitting here to get started to invest in real estate. There's other ways that I can do that. So, you know, it's helping investors, it's it's helping agents along the way. Um, and then two, um, really wanting them to see a path for how they can use real estate uh, to build a retirement. Um, a lot of times, you know, when I was on the residential side, and this is kind of why I moved to the investment side, um, real estate agents are are self-deprecating in a lot of ways. And they're like, oh, I, you know, I love real estate. I help, I love helping my clients. I'm going to work in real estate till the day that I die. And I think a lot of people say that because they don't have a plan and they're kind of hiding behind the customer service and the love for my clients, which let's be honest, yeah, you can love your clients, but you can also have a choice whether or not to work with them. And I think a lot of agents just don't think about the future and they get so wrapped up in being busy slinging homes and selling homes that they don't think about what that future could look like. And so what if you did have a couple of rental properties along the way that you built up and you earned some equity and you earned some cash flow to where I could choose to help that client or not in the future. I could refer that client to somebody else, not that they want to abandon their clients. And so um, I really want to help agents get rid of the excuses of why they can't invest in real estate. Because what I tell people is when you're a real estate agent, you're sitting on a gold mine of opportunity. You have all the tools at your disposal. How many people would love to have the access that we have in the MLS to be able to look up properties and comps and past solds to be able to make great decisions on finding great investment properties, to be able to have connections with property managers, lenders, title companies, all the people that we would need to build a real estate investing empire. And we're just wasting it by only selling residential homes and not looking at the the other opportunities out there. And so what I what I kind of give people as an example is if I worked in Wall Street um, 
And I used insider information to be able to buy or sell a stock based on what I know. I go to jail because that's insider trading, right? And in Wall Street, I can't use the information that I could potentially get for my own financial gain. In real estate, that's okay. Um, and so why don't I use that opportunity that I have been in the, re the real estate industry um, to be able to take advantage of that? And so getting back to your question here, talking about future goals and helping people, um, it's it's kind of two-pronged. It's being able to you know help investors achieve their goals, but really help agents become investors. And then along the way, I get to just pick up opportunities. You know, I tell people there's, you know, you really kind of need two things, deals and dollars, right? And so if I find a good deal, somebody has to put up the money to find that deal. And so what I'm doing by building a database of investors and building a database of agents that want to be investors and help them grow investors is really finding more deals and finding more dollars and matching them up to be able to help people. And so um, what that's going to do is continue to help me along the way is then I cherry pick opportunities that are a fit for me. Um, I be able to, you know, continue to grow my investment portfolio. So, um, you know, this came to be last fall. We found a good opportunity on a 26 unit apartment building and partnered with an investor. Um, you know, a couple couple guys on my real estate team, we partnered up and and purchased this property together. And it's it's kind of a flip. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times when we think of a flip on a single family home, it's, you know, three to six months, we flip it and we sell it. Um, that's kind of the strategy of what we're looking to do here. But over a 26 unit building, it's probably going to be a three-year process. Mm -hmm. And so we're now... Um, you know, seven, eight months into it, and we've turned about 10 to 12 of the 26 units, um, you know, as the tenants have turned, fix them up, update the units, um, you know, bring the the rents to market rent on the on the updated unit. And then eventually, yeah, we'll either sell that building or do um, a, a cash out refi and be able to take those profits and move on to something else. And so, um, you know, my past residential um, real estate investments, we kind of scaled into this building because a lot of investors will purchase, you know, one unit, two units, three unit properties, and then eventually they scale up and they scale up and they scale up. And so, you know, we've scaled up into that building. We're also looking at short-term rentals. Um, so kind of combining apartment investing with short-term rentals. I feel like there's a good combination there because apartment buildings have a great uh, long-term opportunity and short-term rentals when done correctly, um, have a great cash flow opportunity. And so I've seen a lot of investors, uh, that kind of do that combination. Um, actually I'm interviewing somebody for the podcast today that has that strategy where they're buying apartment buildings and combining with short-term rentals to kind of get that cash flow long-term gain. And so that's what we're looking to do personally with our investments, um, is to do that and continue to grow. And then, yeah, the end goal is, you know, to be able to just choose where I want to insert myself in helping people, you know, the the investors, the real estate agents, and then personally be able to build and design my life around my time, how I want to spend that time versus having to, to do those things. I get more freedom of my choice of what I want to do. Will I probably still do this stuff, that same stuff? Yeah. Uh, but I'll just be able to choose. And if it's stuff that, you know, hey, I'm going on vacation or I'm taking a month off, great. I have a team of people that I can refer to um, to be able to help me. And so I think for me, I've kind of lived by, um, it's a, it's kind of a, an, an anonymous quote, but it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far to go, go together. And so I'm intentional about 
finding people that want to kind of share that vision with me and work alongside me doesn't necessarily have to be an employee employer type relationship, but finding other people that are like-minded that want to build and grow something together. um, Those are the types of people that I'm looking for because when we're kind of all running in that same direction, helping each other, then as needs and and other opportunities come up, we've kind of got a group of people that want to go along that same path. So that's what I'm choosing to do and who I'm aligning with. Um, is finding those people that want similar opportunities, similar lifestyle, and then we figure it out along the way together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So right now I got helping other people and then kind of two divots under that, investors finding a fit for investors and then aspiring investors, specifically agents, to help them conquer the barriers and see how they can use real estate to build a retirement. That's our first dreaming goal. Then you got, you're using a combination of short-term rentals and apartment complexes to build your own portfolio. And then your third one is building and designing your life and your time kind of as you see fit to, you know, prioritize your family, prioritize your business when one of them needs you. Right. And, and yeah, because I've, you know, kind of put, put myself, like I mentioned before, kind of day job in the same spot as my night job, I get to kind of just do that all together at the same time. And so you know, a lot of the investors that I work with, um, you know, it's, it's, Hey Mike, uh, you know, I've got a, a meeting right now. Um, can I give you a call back either later tonight to be able to talk through investing in that property? And so that's great. Um, and, and I, I also feel like, um, you know, when I talk about deals and dollars, like you also want to partner with people that value what you have to bring. And so, um, you know, one of the examples that I use in, in kind of partnerships and working together is um, it was an analogy I heard a couple of years ago and I, I really loved it. They said, you know, think about uh, think about your value as a three-sided triangle. Um, so for investing in real estate, on one side, you have time, on one side, you have money, and then on the other side, you have expertise. And so what you want to do is kind of evaluate yourself and what you bring to the table. And then what you're looking for with real estate partners is people that kind of have the opposite of that. So if I go down that list myself, you know, expertise, obviously, that's the thing that I probably bring the strongest right now is I'm in investment real estate. I work with investors all the time, anything from short term rentals to apartments. I've helped investors purchase. And so analyzing deals, running numbers, looking at opportunities, you know, that expertise piece is where I feel like I really excel. On the time side, um, because I'm in real estate full time and I work with investors full time, I have a lot more time to devote to these types of things than somebody who works a, a, a job, a regular nine to five. Um, for somebody that wants to invest in real estate. And so I can commit more time to that opportunity. So like as an example, our 26 unit apartment complex, um, I'm the one meeting with a property manager every week, going through the strategy, talking about what we want to do, which units we want to update, the cash that we have available, you know, all that strategy stuff. Um, we're also partnering with a person who's just putting up money and we meet with them monthly and I say, here's where we're at, right? Because that person doesn't have as much time as me. So I can devote some time. Now, that doesn't mean I want to be the property manager. So that's why I'm choosing to partner with a property manager. So I can choose kind of how much or how little of my time I can commit to something. And then the third side of that triangle is money. Now, I can invest myself, um, but if I want to grow to something bigger and take full advantage of the opportunities available to me, 
I'm also looking to partner with other people that have money as well. And so kind of then looking at the the opposite, what I'm probably looking for for great partnerships is somebody who has the money to be able to put up. Um, and that doesn't have to be just one person. You know, we have a handful of people right now that are looking for investment opportunities where they don't want to, they don't have the expertise because they work a full-time job in a different industry. So they just don't have as much time to commit to learning and investing in real estate. And then once again, the time piece, because they work another job, um, they don't necessarily have as much time to commit. And so we really create a win-win scenario when kind of my my triangle um, meets up with what their needs are in that triangle. And so that's where we can really create some awesome win-win scenarios. And so as I'm looking at these future opportunities now, um, because I talk about double dipping my time, I might be looking at a property. So the, the cool thing is I just I get to investigate lots of real estate investment opportunities. And then some it's like, hey, I I have a needs list. You know, here this investment might fit this person, this investment might fit that person. And so I send it out to these people. And then at the same time, if there's one where it's like, hey, I know this investor is looking for this type of partnership opportunity, then I can have that conversation with them. Hey, what if we did this deal together? However, we want to structure, you know, the money put in, the work involved, and then the money going out. Maybe you have an opportunity like that where it's a win-win similar to our 26-unit apartment complex. So I think that's the cool space that I'm in is I get to spend my time doing the things that are helping my clients. And at the same time, as those opportunities come up, I can put deals together myself um, and be able to, you know, kind of navigate that as I'm growing my own portfolio. And so I don't have to have that day job, night job difference. It's I'm just kind of in the same playground looking for opportunities for other people. And as I see opportunities for myself that come about, I can then, you know, proceed with those. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. That is a, it's a good spot to be in. Tell us a little bit about using other people's money. How do you go about meeting the people to use their money? And then how do you go about, incentivizing them to join the deal with you. Yeah. So I think what I've learned through this process is um, it's really being a steward of their money. Um, because if I want to create a, a great win-win scenario, um, I want to treat their money better than I would treat my own money. And I think that was a lesson that I've, I've learned over the last two years here, because a lot of people view it as, I'm going to now I'm talking partnering with individuals, not necessarily banks. You know, if it was a bank, like I don't have that same social responsibility to their money. Like, hey, I'm choosing a great investment for for Wells Fargo to be able to invest in with me. Like, it's not that type of mentality. Right. So if I'm talking with private individuals, um, you know, this this 26 unit as a great example, um, I take great responsibility for their money because they could be choosing to invest with other people. They could be choosing to invest in other assets. They could choose to invest it in the stock market if they wanted to, or cryptocurrency or whatever it might be. They're choosing to put their money with me and entrusting me to help them make more money. And so what I when I work with investors, I say, hey, um, you know, my job is to help you find a good investment because if you make money off this investment, you're going to have more money to invest in the future, right? Um, I'm playing the long game with them where they choose a great asset, they make money, now they can choose another asset, now they can choose another asset. So as a, as a real estate agent, 
I can make more sales when I help them choose great investments. Same thing here with the the partnership opportunities. I have to have great responsibility in finding a good opportunity for them um, because if I don't help them make money on this deal, they're going to go somewhere else after it's time to cash out of this deal. Um, or they might decide to split their money, you know, and and go with somebody else and continue to invest with me. So I kind of have to, I, I take responsibility of I've got to do a good job to help them make money so that they want to continue to make money with me. And so I think that's a piece that um, I don't want to gloss over for people. Um, from a mindset perspective, they're they're entrusting me, you know, to to help them make money. And so I really have to vet out a good opportunity for them. It's not just hey, can I get their money to go invest with me? It's no, I've really got to find a high level investment for them to be able to make money. So I think that's one thing that's really important is, is if we're going to invest with private individuals, the good thing is, is it's you got to pick a good opportunity. Um, you've got to show them that you have great care for their money and that you really want what's best for their money. So I've heard, you know, other people, this is other people I've had on my podcast talk about, you know, treating it like it's your grandma's money or treating it like, um, you know, treating it better than you would treat your own money um, because you really have to build that trust with them. Um, so that's number one is really how I show up makes a big difference um, because I, I really take that seriously that I'm going to help you make money. This is your retirement. This is your future money that is now in my possession or working with me to be able to help you make money. So so that's key. Um, in terms of finding people, I think you just have to, you know, for me, it's just sharing how people can invest in real estate, educating them. There's so many uh, myths out there. There's so many barriers out there. You have to be able to talk through those things. So what I do is I create content around investing in real estate. So um, if you go to our Real Freedom webpage or if you go to our um, our YouTube channel. I also have videos talking about, you know, top barriers to invest in real estate, top opportunities to invest in real estate, how to overcome objections for investing in real estate. So you really have to take an educational approach. Um, and so I look at it as I'm putting out all this real estate investing education to my database and to my sphere to see who the people are that are going to raise their hand and say, hey, Mike, I'm curious, tell me more. Um, because it's not often that people are like, you know what, I've just got this pile of money sitting here and I really don't know what to do with it. And so I'm just going to throw it at you and and hope that you know we have a good investment. That's not how it works. And so it's people who have money invested in other areas. Um, and it might be, hey, I'm selling this thing. And now three months from now, I might have an opportunity to buy a property or, hey, I've got this you know, home equity line of credit that I haven't taken advantage of that maybe now I want to invest in real estate or, and it might not even be they have enough money for one full deal themselves. So maybe we have to try to put a partnership together. So it's kind of a game of uh, putting a puzzle together slash playing chess and checkers um, as you're helping people overcome these objections. Because yeah, even you know, even people that I've worked with that have invested in multiple properties in other states, they've been bitten in the past. Um, you know, I had somebody that is like, "Hey, Mike, I love these opportunities that you're putting my way. I have this deal in this other state where I'm on my third contractor now. It's a flip opportunity, and I've I've lost thirty thousand dollars because of these contractors that aren't doing what they say they're going to do." 
So once that gets stabilized, now I'm interested in potentially buying an opportunity with you. So I think it's a very fluid situation. That's why I said it's not like people. Now, maybe I just haven't found the people yet that have the pile of cash that are sitting there ready to go. But right now it's you've got to be able to be adaptable to their time frames, the other investments that they have going on. And when the time is ready for them to invest with you, you've got to have that opportunity available. And so it's relationships and relationships take time. Um, trust takes time. And so I think that's you know a challenge that I've seen as well as it's not Hey, now I'm I'm helping investors in real estate. Uh, give me all your money and let's go buy properties for you, right? Like that takes time. You have to earn that trust through experience with other deals, learning yourself, um, educating, helping them overcome their objections. Because, like I said too, somebody might come to me and say, "Hey, this deal looks good," and then all of a sudden that that fear kind of creeps in, and so all of a sudden it's like, "Well, I've been looking at the numbers and actually." I think this might be a little bit higher. I think the vacancy might be higher. And then eventually they get to the point to where the numbers aren't quite what they want it to be. And so a lot of times the investors aren't like, Mike, I'm scared about this deal and that's why I don't want to do it. They rationalize it with, well, what about this? Or what about this? Or what about this? I don't think this is the right deal for me. And so you've kind of got to unpack that. You know, My wife's a therapist. And so um, I'm playing therapy a little bit as well here with them to help overcome like what's a what's a reasonable objection and what's not a reasonable objection and how do I help overcome that like I can't force somebody to buy an investment property um so I've got to kind of pick apart what's objection and what's fear and how do I work that together to where maybe they do overcome that fear to invest or maybe they pass and they move on to the next one so there's a, there's an art and a science to it it's not simple like one, two, three, go do this. Or at least I haven't found that with the investors that I have. Maybe other people have had other experiences, but it's a little bit of therapy and it's a little bit of strategy and it's a little bit of spreadsheets um, all together. But I think the key is, is it's trust. You have to be able to earn their trust, earn their respect for them to invest with you as an agent, but then also invest with you as a partner. I got you. I got you. I like it. I think, you know, that's just... You said earlier, it's just trust and trust is the foundation of great relationships. And that just sounds like a relationship, you know, like a lot of people think sales is um, like there are certain techniques that are very different than like what we communicate like in everyday life. But it's really just because the environment's different and the pressure is a little different. But like anytime you are you know, talking to your spouse and asking questions to better understand so that you guys can come to a unified decision. It's like, that's sales. Like you're overcoming some things you both aren't clear on. You're overcoming some objections. You're overcoming some, you know, there's not always money involved. Sometimes there is money involved. There's a closer relationship there, but it really is just seeking to understand the investor and like, Hey, is it a real objection or is it fear? And if it's fear, like, do you really want to lead a life of fear? Like you help them out of that. Like nobody wants to live in fear. You know, they don't want to make decisions based on fear unless they do. And then you let them and you probably move on to somebody else who is uh, more similar with the vision that they have for you, their life as you do for your life. So I just think um, yeah. I like how you talked about it because it's trust, it's relationships and it's talking to people, you know, like, you said therapy, but ultimately when you have a really close friend and they're having an issue, 
you are a little bit of a therapist. You listen, you seek to understand, and you um, try to help them through the issue. And I really think, especially in the real estate space where it is so relational, you can approach it with the same mentality of like, this is a relationship. I'm not trying to squeeze this $100,000 from them right now. I'm trying to set a good foundation for the future of this relationship with money or without money. I think when yeah. you approach it that way, the sales gets a little bit easier and a little bit less pressure on them. Yeah. And, and the other thing too is, you know, we're, we're depending on other people uh, to, to help manage those assets too. Um, and, and life happens. So, you know, as an example, I can do the best job that I can do to pick out a great property as an agent. I can help negotiate a great deal to what I think is a great deal for purchasing mm -hmm. that property. And then we had an example where um, somebody came the, the property next door to a property that I helped an investor buy. Um, somebody came and burned it to the ground. Well, that house burned to the ground which then affected my client's property. The whole side of that house that was next to the lot there burned and their tenants had to evacuate. And now they've been dealing with insurance. They they had no income coming in on that property. And they've been dealing with insurance now for about the last nine months to see about getting their property knocked down and built back up again. Right. That's life. You know, that's the hard thing about dealing with real estate investments is I helped somebody choose a good property. I can't control when somebody comes, breaks into a house and burns down a house next door. You know, and so I think that's the hard thing is real life happens as well. And so I can do the best that I can do. And that stuff comes up or, you know, we run good numbers and a tenant's not able to pay anymore because of a job situation that's changed. And so what do we do with that tenant? And so now what I've plugged into the number on my spreadsheet for vacancy has changed. Um, or, you know, there's a tenant turn that we were aware of and we're having a harder time filling that property than we have had in the past. And so that affects their cash flow. And so, you know, as somebody that was a financial analyst and loves running numbers on a spreadsheet, it's hard when life happens and and real life doesn't equal the numbers that you put into a spreadsheet for them. And so those are the other challenges you have to to work with too in in terms of building their trust is look, I can, you know, I can run the scenarios on paper but real life shows up and happens and affects those things. Um and so, you know, I still have to earn their trust and 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 build those long-term relationships with them despite life throwing them a curveball, you know, on their rental property. And so, you know, we we've had somebody that's had to sell here because the numbers didn't come out as good as what they had hoped and they want to go pour that into a different property. And so, you know, that's the risk that comes with real estate. Not every property is going to be a home run. Um and so we we tell people, you know, there's singles and doubles out there. You've got to find some good solid properties, but at the end of the day, that property may not be the best fit for you. You know, we did a flip property um, ourselves about two years ago, and we spent a ton of time uh, in that property. I spent a lot of nights away from my kids, a lot of weekends away from my kids to work on this property, and we ended up not making any money on it. It was about a break even, you know, and so that's life. But I also tell people, you earn that experience. And, you know, just like I was to go to, to college for real estate investing, right? I would pay money <clears throat> to be able to get better at real estate investing. I take a break even as 
hey, that's an education that's going to help me in the future. That's going to help me project manage better, people manage better, deal manage better in the future because of what's happened. And so I think for a lot of people, they're scared to take that initial leap because things can go wrong. And so you have to be willing to deal with the complications that come up to move forward. So, you know, those people that have, you know, the the total time and lifestyle freedom because of their real estate investments, they had to go through some stuff along the way. They had to go through some challenges. They had to go through some months where they didn't know how they'd be able to pay the bills. They had to go through some challenges where a house is burned down or they had a contractor that screwed them over and they've had to go find a second and a third contractor. Like people see the end result and they don't necessarily understand the work and the complications and the stress that they've had to overcome to be able to get to that spot. But the thing that differentiates them from the others is they didn't give up. They kept pushing ahead. They kept pushing for new solutions. And so, yeah, in the future when you know I'm choosing how I want to spend my time, what I want to do with my time, and people look up and they say, oh, Mike, you know, he just... Uh, just had everything, you know, handed to him. No, I'll tell you about that time that my wife was very upset with me with this flip property that we did that we didn't make any money. Now, I don't say very upset with me in terms of like, you know, she looked up and said, you know, now I'm getting the kids dinner. I'm spending, you know, all the nights with the kids before bedtimes. I'm t- taking them all day Saturday, all day Sunday while Mike's working on the property. Like, it's not like she, you know, we had a a big fight about it, but like that was a ton of stress put on her because I was out working on this property. And that's going to be a part of my story in the future is remember that time, Mike, when you were an idiot, and you worked on this property, but all the lessons that I learned from that property helped me on the next property and the next property and the next property. And so that's going to be part of my story of what gets me to the future because I didn't give up and I didn't say, you know what, we did that property, it's a bust, so now I'm not ever going to do that again. Um, what I learned is I can't insert myself um, into a flip um, in that same way. And I have another, uh, you know, other great stories of people that I've interviewed. This is why I love doing my podcast because I get to hear their war stories too of lessons that they learned. And, and there was a guy who has a property in Chicago. He bought an apartment po- complex and instead of hiring a painter when a tenant was turning um, the unit, He's like, well, I can do this myself. And he took a Saturday and a Sunday away from his wife and kids to paint this property to get it ready for the next tenant. And he looked up and he said, you know, this was a weekend in the summer. And he said, I basically got like 12 weekends with my kids in the summer when they're not in school. And I just wasted one painting a property. And so that was kind of his aha moment of I don't ever want to do that again. So now he's budgeting that into his financials for property flips, you know, so he had to go through that to say, I don't want that to happen again. For me, I feel like the the experiences and the lessons I learned during that flip is how do I not have that happen again? How do I plan for that for my time and my spreadsheet analysis is right <laughs> to, to be able to have those things not happen again. So I think that's the challenge is you got to look at those lessons and use them for future benefit of how do I... Uh, adapt and adjust. But one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to give up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, the war stories and the, you know, you get to a point where you learn, you, you learn from your own experience, but then you also have a combination of 
okay, I've wised up now. Where are the potential pitfalls? How can I strengthen my network, bring in that expertise? And it, you really only have a couple of mistakes that brush up against your values before you have your systems locked and loaded. And now you're like, you can kind of foresee where things might go wrong and you can plan better for them off of your foundation of expertise. So like you may be able to like extrapolate that flip experience into a future apartment flip where it's like, okay, I'm not going to go to the apartment and try to fix the toilet or I'm going to make sure I have this property manager because they have this experience managing a project. And I know that was valuable on my flip, something like that. Um, But I like the uh, learning from the war stories and the mentality of it wasn't a break even waste of time. It was experience in the experience bank that will help me get to my ultimate goal of helping people building my portfolio and designing my life. So I like that, man. Tell us about uh, the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make your dream life come true. Yeah. So I, I think for me, um, it's, you know, the, the skills as I talk about um, wanting to work with other people. And so I need to continue to uh, have clarity on what I want to do to be able to f- find and attract other people that want to come alongside me and work with me. Um, you know, I've got a great working relationship. There's an agent on my team that's been with me for three years. Um, you know, we we do these deals together. Um, he wants to build and grow his net worth through real estate investing. You know, he had a past uh, past career in jewelry sales. Um, he did high-end jewelry sales, got into real estate, kind of caught the vision of what I was talking about um, and, and is like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, not only is he now investing in real estate, he's actually got his parents investing in real estate. And so we're working to help them buy their first investment property. And so for me, I feel like sharing that story, sharing those great examples is important to my journey because I want to help more people. The more people that I help, the more opportunities that come up, the more I'm able to partner people together. Um, I want to be a great connector of people. And so one of my skills that I need to work on is um, meeting more people, understanding kind of what their vision is and see how I can help them and then be that connector for them. Um, And so that's a skill, like there's a lot of mini skills probably involved in that. It's not like, hey, I need to learn how to you know, write code into a spreadsheet better. Um, it's really people management, but it's in the vein of uh, understanding their needs and wants and goals to be able to help them achieve that. And what I want to be able to do is have that, you know, I talk about kind of money and deals. Mm-hmm. I'm creating a network of people that can find deals, creating a network of people that uh, have money. And it might be some of these are in the same boat. It's not like I have only deals or I only have money, but it's finding, um, helping them understand their future goals, helping them overcome their objections and to be able to put things in place to get them onto the ne- that next step. I'm super pumped about somebody who's never invested before and finds their first property or the person that has one property and they figure out how to go to two to four to six to eight to 10. Like that's what I'm really passionate about. So the skills that I'm working on is how can I help people do that? Um, because I know they need an encourager. They need somebody alongside them to be able to show them the next step 
tell them, here's what you need to do next. Here's what you need to do next. But then also to um, help overcome those, those fears and all that doubt that creeps in. And so like going back to the therapy example, like there's a lot of therapy involved in that. There's a lot of, you know, mindset involved in that. Um, and so strengthening my own mindset. Um, and so I, you know, do a, a group coaching call um, in terms of mindset every week because I've got to get sharper in my own mindset to be able to help people with their mindset. Um, so I think that's not necessarily one or two specific skills, but it's kind of all spaghettied together um, where it's it's really helping people achieve their goals. And then through that myself, I'm going to achieve my goals. Um, but I, I put people... Um, other people's needs and wants kind of around the same as my own because I get to double dip and do this together. And so, um, so I am accomplishing my own goals by helping people accomplish those same goals. Yeah, I got you. I got you. And if there were one or two people you could meet right now, this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would they help you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Well, I, I would, I've met one of them actually, but uh, one of the people that that really comes to mind is is Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I really like how you know he's a very others focused person too. I know he rubs some people the wrong way. I know that personality wise, he's um, you know a bit abrasive. You know, some people don't always mesh with him. But it's what just I like he is that's that's the <laughs> right, right. And he tells you straight up what he thinks. Um, that's true. But I but I think his mindset is kind of, you know, once again, if I can help other people out, um, if I can help other people achieve their dreams and goals, then mine are going to be achieved and accomplished as well. And so I do like that. Um, I quick story, I did meet him um, when the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis, a few years back, he was here for some, you know, for well, why everybody comes to the Super Bowl, there's tons of networking opportunities as well as the game itself. And he kind of did this, um, rogue meet and greet and so you know his assistant was posting on twitter like we think we're going to do a meet and greet it's probably going to be about this time it's going to be close to the mall of america and this is when um so my youngest son was just born november 21st and so now this is the following what end of january early february so my son's like three months old um my wife has two older kids you know that she's managing and i said hey can i go try to meet gary um, the weather was terrible. It was, you know, Minnesota in the winter, the roads were icy. And it was one of those where it's like, I'm only going to get this one chance to be able to meet him. And so my wife said, okay, I'm thankful for her for taking the kids for the day, you know, being mom, mom to a newborn herself for the day so that I can go meet somebody who I, you know, greatly uh, admired. And so um, these Twitter updates were coming and it was like, no, we think it's going to be this time. Hey, he got delayed. It's going to be this time. Well, all of a sudden there's a tweet that says um, we're going to meet at the IHOP across the street from the Mall of America in like 30 minutes. <clears throat> and so I was in the Mall of America at the time because they were originally going to have a meeting there. But I think they realized that there's so many people that want to meet him. It might cause a problem inside the mall. And so there's this IHOP right across the street. And so. I'm taking the escalators down, you know, walking out and I go to cross the street. And this is like a six, eight lane road. This isn't just like a two lane road to cross. I mean, it's a long road to cross. 
And there's, and at that time, so what was this three, four, five years ago, I was mid thirties, um, but there's a bunch of 20 something, right? I'm not, I'm probably a little bit older than his normal niche audience. You know, there's a ton of <laughs> 20 year olds running across the street, you know, jumping over snow banks to get to this IHOP. And I happen to be probably, you know, maybe the 30th person in line, <clears throat> get in line and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting there. We're waiting there for him. Everybody's like, is this where it's supposed to be? Is this where it's supposed to be? And I look back and shortly after there's like a hundred people in line. Um, and so I was like, it's thankful to be 30th. And so we're all wondering like, where's Gary? Where's Gary? Where's Gary? All of a sudden this van pulls up, door opens. He pops out and says hi to everybody. They're all cheering. We're in the parking lot taking pictures. So their line is there. We do one by one. We take our pictures with Gary. And then he's like, and then as, as he's doing that, his assistants are going into the IHOP to talk to the IHOP people to see what we can do. So they're like, hey, they've allowed us to go inside because it's Minnesota winter, right? It's cold outside. They allow us to go inside. I kid you not, Gary buys pancakes, drinks, and everything for all the people there. We all come in. There was probably five to 10 people in there at the time. Uh, they're looking up like, what is this crowd of 120 year olds and me being mid thirties um, yeah. and and this guy coming in like, what in the heck is going on? So we all come inside the IHOP. It takes probably 10, 15 minutes before they get the pancakes. And then he just spends an hour with us sharing nuggets, wisdom, Q&A session and all that. <clears throat> um, so just a great guy. But I think it shows his care for other people, his desire to help people. So um, I would say, you know, technically I've met him, but I was, you know, 50 feet away with my video recording him as he was sharing. But, you know, to be able to spend one on one time with him, he's definitely something, somebody that really impacts me. Um, and then I think another person um, that I really look up to um, is um, a guy named uh, Brandon who is on the Bigger Pockets podcast. Um, he hosted it for a while. Now he doesn't, um, but he's a real estate investor. Um, he comes across as just a normal guy, right? Just a normal guy helping people. And now he owns thousands of units and he lives in Hawaii. Um, and so Beardy, Beardy Brandon, yep. um, as he affectionately calls himself, that would be another guy I'd like to meet. But, you know, there's a ton of real estate investors out there. Um, I probably more align with somebody like that, that comes across as just a normal guy versus the suit, you know, the the suit type of guy that um, is is very well polished and and has, you know, what seems like unlimited access to money and the super sophisticated process. Um, I, I probably more align with kind of the, the average Joe type personality person. Um, so those would probably be two kind of off the top of my head that I'd, I'd love to meet at some point in time and spend, spend some time with. I gotcha. Gary V and Brandon Turner. Yep. Yeah, no, they're both awesome. I love it, man. Well, um, we're kind of running up against our time. That's all that all that we got for you. Is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I mean this this has been good. Um, I love these opportunities to be able to to communicate and share. And um, you know, I I just really love podcasts as a as a medium. Um, so thank you for you and what you do. And um, this has helped me be able to kind of internally process. I tell people I love explaining things to people because it helps me to be able to communicate better. That's why I did a podcast and have done one for two and a half years, because I learn how to communicate my thoughts much better now being on a podcast. 
and being able to to question other people and ask them questions. Um, but it, I, I think podcast is just such a great opportunity to to meet people you probably would have met. I mean, we may, we maybe would have bumped into each other, um, you know, sometime. But now we have this opportunity to meet, so it's just been great. So, um, yeah, thank you so much to you and and what you're doing. And I really appreciate um, you digging deeper onto the personal side. Um, more of people versus just kind of the professional side. So thank you for what you're doing. I, I love it. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate that. And thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Mike had to say, make sure to check him out at the Real Freedom Podcast. Is that right, Mike? Yep. R-E-L Freedom Podcast. Yep. And that link will be down in the show notes as well as all the other links to contact Mike. Thank you guys so much for watching. and. um yeah, Mike's a good guy to chat with because he is uh he's in the real estate space and it's a great way to build wealth. It's a great way to kind of dip your foot into business. And um, you know, Brandon Turner actually said this. He was like, buying an apartment complex is like buying a business. And so they're not entirely the same because you know, businesses have some different things that cash flow, but the analysis at its fundamental levels, they're all very similar. And so Hit up Mike if you're looking to produce that financial freedom, looking to impact people using money as a tool, and looking to uh, secure a legacy for your family. Mike's the guy to talk to. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. We will see you guys on the next show. And on that note, we're out. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition. Live a purposeful life. See you tomorrow for another show.